Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another in this series of Spotlight on Serious Decisions. The topic of this podcast is going to be high performance, ABM, and I do mean specifically high performance, and we're going to find out what that means. Uh, as guests, I have two research directors from Serious Decisions, Alisa Grucock and Nikki Briggs. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you, Kim. Now, you recently released the State of ABM study, and there was a lot of research which went into that. So perhaps you could start off by talking us through what you actually did and how you decided what you meant by high-performance ABM. Yeah, so we had um, we had around about 120 firms participate in the high performance in our state of ABM study, um, and we re- we released that data in April. But as we were going into the summit season, we were really really interested in you know what sets some of these programs apart from everybody else. So we we were cutting and slicing the data different ways to understand you know what is high performance. And then what do they do differently to get there? So how we're defining high performance is the top quartile of companies, so the top 25% of companies that are achieving the greatest ROI lift from their ABM accounts versus a control group. Um, And to get into that group, you're looking at a 10% or more lift um, in your ABM versus your traditional marketing. Right, that's pretty significant 10%, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I, I think that number will go up over time. Mm-hmm. Um, we did see, you know, some people were, were considerably higher, but, but yeah, that was where the bar was. Okay, now, having identified these high performers in the ABM space, you were able then to look at what they were doing, which differentiated them from the, the lower performers and the, the people falling behind. And we could talk about that under several headings. One thing clearly they were doing was resourcing their programs differently. What did that involve? Yeah, there's a few different things that go into resourcing a program differently. So one of them is just starting with executive level support, right? So knowing that you've got tops down leadership, both on the marketing side and the sales side, and that everybody's clear on what the goals of the ABM program are. And so that executive level support and commitment is really, really important. And sort of the resourcing really starts there because most organizations that try to, you know, pull together a bunch of virtual resources or, uh, you know, go asking for budget and, and those sorts of things, if that executive level support is not there, they're going to run into, you know, issues. So the executive level support is sort of the starting point for that. In addition to that, you want to really understand what the whole ABM journey looks like, really um, look at kind of a holistic approach to the ABM journey so that you've got not only extended and kind of virtual team resources, so folks in marketing operations and sales operations and your content teams and your demand gen teams that are all kind of helping to pull the ABM program along, but it may also be the case that you need to hire ABM specific resources mm-hmm. to put plans together and actually execute against a very specific set of accounts. So it's really taking that holistic picture of, of infrastructure, of program planning, of measurement. What are all the things that I need to be able to do on an ABM journey? And what high-performing programs do really well is they take that holistic picture and they think up front about the systems and the processes and the tools that they need. They think about infrastructure and then they make sure that they've got this, this right combination of both kind of virtual resources, purpose-built budget specifically for their ABM program, and even you know dedicated ABM resources in many cases if that's appropriate. 
It's an important step, isn't it? Because here you've got sales teams, you've got marketers. They have very pressing, very urgent targets and deadlines to meet. But to really kick off an ABM program, you do have to take a deep breath and, and start looking at which accounts you're targeting. So it's important you get the support for that, right? Yeah, for for sure. I mean, ex executive sponsorship. In our in our presentation, we we talk about this notion of commitment, mm -hmm. and it is it's it's the sponsorship. It's the, the having somebody own it because if nobody owns it, nothing happens. Frankly, okay. um, you know, even if it's not full time, it, it's that ownership piece, and and then also the budget and how they're resourced. But no, I mean it. it you know, it is, it is, it's difficult, ABM, you know, as you embark on that journey. And so making sure that you're going in with your eyes wide open is really, really important. Yeah, and I would add to that, because you touched on this idea of selecting accounts. So mm -hmm. one of the things that we talk to clients about a lot is scoping your program mm -hmm. appropriately. Being very clear as a marketing organization in partnership with the sales organization, what accounts are in scope and what accounts are not in scope. And by the way, how are we going to select them in a data-driven manner? So it isn't mm -hmm. like a you know kind of thumb to the wind, like let's yeah. do these 500 accounts. <laughs> yeah. Well, why are there opportunities in those accounts? So that sort of, you know, that scoping piece that, you know, saying, okay, here's how we're gonna approach thinking about accounts. We're gonna be partners in this. We're gonna use data to make decisions about what accounts we're gonna focus on. And frankly, what accounts we're not gonna focus on. What's out of scope is almost as important as what's in scope right. when you're kind of in this initial setup phase and, and trying to get executive yeah. sponsorship. Okay. Now, when, when it comes to execution, my first thought is, what can there be that differentiates anyone? You just find your accounts and you, and you market to them. But I know there's going to be much more to it than that. So how are the high-performing ABM operations, how are they executing differently? Well, shall I go first? Sure. And then, I mean, the finding that really resonated with me personally just because it's a it's a topic particularly close to my heart was we, we saw that the high performers were 30 percent more likely to customize their content for abm ah, okay. which was absolutely fascinating i mean that tactically they're not doing anything different like it's not like there's this sort of magical tactic set that you only get to know about if you're in the high performing club <laughs> they do the same things as everybody else but what they do differently is they uh, they customize and it, it is it's you know, it, it's it's one of, it's part of what differentiates ABM. You know, is that that willingness to give the accounts the customized treatment. So it's I got very excited when I saw that data point. But um, I'm a bit of a data nerd. <laughs> yeah, and I have another area that's yeah. close to my heart, yeah. which is uh, marketing operations mm -hmm. and you know infrastructure. So by ABM infrastructure, we mean both technology, so platform mm -hmm. systems and tools, as well as account and contact mm -hmm. data. Um, you know, insights, if you will. And what we find is that, again, the 30% applies here too, that uh, high-performing ABM programs are 30% more likely to have invested in what we call emerging technologies. So we, we classify technologies into two categories. They're kind of core technologies, so things like Salesforce automation mm -hmm. and marketing automation platforms and, you know, uh, contact data platforms and those kinds of things, digital asset management. Um, and most of the high-performing companies kind of invested in those a long time ago. And they're, um, you know, they've been running those core technologies for a really long time. They're kind of well ingrained in the company's DNA and they're kind of optimizing those investments. And they've moved on to more of the emerging technologies. So things like, you know, predictive analytics and intent monitoring and web personalization and orchestration platforms and, re you know, uh, reporting tools that can measure at the account level. So you yeah. asked about what's different. Yeah. Well, it's some of the investments in those kinds of technologies that are purpose-built for ABM. 
And so again, high-performing companies have a tendency to be, you know, in really good shape with their core technologies, um, and have moved on to more of these emerging technologies. And so we're always careful about this. This yeah. how we communicate <laughs> this because what we don't want is for everybody to just run out and buy a bunch <laughs> buy, of ABM technologies, yeah. right? That uh, you know when they don't have the core in place. Yeah. So it's about taking a step back and looking at your business requirements and saying, do I have the core shored up? Do I you know, know how to manage opportunities through my demand waterfall? Do I know how to govern my data so it's clean and compliant? If the answer to those questions is no, well, you know what? You probably need to hold off on the ABM emerging yeah. technologies and get those things under control um, before you start moving into things like you know, intent monitoring and predictive analytics and things like that. Got so it. anyway, that's, that's yeah. one that's very close to, close to my heart in terms of what high performers do. What I do is, is tie these two things together because customized content is very hard to do unless you've got things like intent monitoring, good delivery systems, and systems which let you know where your assets are, which assets you have and how they're performing. So the two really dovetail, don't they? Yeah, exactly right. And funnily enough, we've, um, we actually have a, a session at Summit where we talk about this, this three-headed monster. Um, the three heads, are, um, the, one of them is intent monitoring, one of them is um, account-targeted display, and the other one is web personalization. And there's this sort of roaring beast in the corner, and all it does is eat content, so we have a reciprocal yeah. session to talk about that. Okay. Now, f- knowing how you're doing, how you're performing is important, and I understand that high-performing uh, ABM businesses are also measuring what they do differently. Oh, yes, they are. Um, do you mind if I take Yeah, <laughs> Please add if I miss anything. It was really, really striking that the high-performers are significantly more likely to measure the impact of their programs than the low-performers. Like they, they, they're literally twice as likely to. And... I mean, I was I was quite quite surprised when um, both for this when we released the state of ABM and again when we were analysing this data for the high performance workstream that there are too many companies that aren't measuring ABM right. and in this day and age um, there really isn't any excuse for that. You know, ABM will not survive in the long term if we continue to to dine out on seller testimonials. Mm. You know, we really. I think it's urgent for all ABM practitioners to really put their focus on measurement. And we know it's hard, but even if, you know, even if you're, all of your processes are manual, even if you're doing everything in Excel, you know, that's not to stop you uh, creating a control group of accounts and seeing, okay, how are my ABM accounts performing against those ones? So, you know, we, even if you're struggling, there, there's still things you, you should be trying to do about measurement. Okay. Yeah, and I would just add, I mean, for those that do yeah. uh, track their metrics, and, and as Nikki just said, many don't, which is already mm. you know, a significant challenge to begin with. But for those who do, we find that there's a significant difference um, in terms of higher average deal size. That's one particular metric that really stands out. So high-performing ABM programs have three times higher average deal size than lower-performing ABM programs. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. They have a tendency to do more, um, you know, thorough investigation of what customers want and need. They tend to be identifying white space, high-performing ABM programs are, identifying white space really effectively, and then designing programs to kind of go after that white space. 
um, in ways that sort of yield solutions sales as opposed to kind of point products. Um, so you see, you know, the ability to sort of look at a whole uh, set of opportunities across an account and have kind of a holistic view of that and begin to pull those products together um, into more holistic solutions. And of course, that increases your average deal size, and they tend to be kind of selling a little higher at the executive levels and so forth. Okay, there's, there's a number of things which people should be looking at to move themselves in this high-performance direction. Inevitably, we've touched on some of these aspects already, but I just want to get you to kind of underline them for us. The first one, goals and alignment. That's important, isn't it? Do you want to take that one or should I? Um, yeah, I mean, goals and alignment... You know, this is not about marketing going off and working in a silo. You know, when you're working in the ABM world, you know, you're, you're particularly tightly aligned with sales. And, you know, that's partly manifesting itself in, you know, measurement. You'll see ABMers take on board some of the metrics that sales team care about. It is because, you know, it, 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 it's exactly about alignment. You know, you're not going to get to ABM success if you're working in a bubble on your own. And one of the things we encourage our clients to do is actually to, to have workshops up mm. front. Not all of our clients do that, but many do. And sometimes they're facilitated by us, often they are, sometimes they're not. But really get everybody in a room together because there usually are a lot of assumptions being made. Marketing making assumptions about what's important mm. to sales and sales making assumptions about what's important to marketing. So why not just get that out on the table in a facilitated manner, get all the key people in the room from executives on down to the individual contributors at the account level and just be very clear, like these are the accounts we're going after and this is what we're trying to accomplish and then you know, really wrap that all up at the end of a, of a workshop in a way that's very clear to everybody. Yeah, uh, we talked about infrastructure already, but I guess the the point I'm I'm getting from that is that there are some well-known ABM vendors out there, and there are doubtless some very good ones. But you don't get an ABM strategy which performs highly just by going out and buying what looks like the best solution. Yeah, that's exactly right. So what we encourage clients to do is to look at what we call business requirements and. Um, we have some tools that enable clients to, to do that, but it's really taking stock of what is it that I need to achieve, right? What are the actions? What are the outcomes that I'm really going after here? And to start with that question first and foremost. So we call those business requirements or capabilities, right? And to kind of really list out and make sure the whole team, again, back to alignment, make sure the whole team, the marketing team, and to some extent folks on the sales team as well, um, are really clear on what those requirements are. Marketing operations plays a really, really important role in this. Many of our ABM leaders have never had a strong partnership or alignment with their marketing operations counterparts. So ABM is a really good opportunity to do that, to partner together and to say, what do we need to be able to achieve? And where do we have gaps? And where are we strong? And then once you're very clear on that, then you can go out and start to look at vendors and sort of say, okay, what are the capabilities that those vendors provide? Um, and bump them up against your, your technologies and that sort of thing. Okay. I wanted to ask also about planning and execution, and not just in the sense that obviously you need a plan, but my understanding is it's not a matter of sitting down, developing a plan, that's it. It must be an evolution. There must be ongoing consideration and thought to what you're doing in terms of how you execute. Would that be right? Yeah, so we always encourage clients before they think about choosing tactics to 
And it comes back to this discussion we were having about goals. And, you know, make sure that you've had that discussion with the sales organisation about what their goals are. So, you know, regardless of whether you're dealing at the single account level or maybe you've got a cluster of 25 accounts, you know, are these um, 25 net new logo accounts that have never heard of us before? You know, and, and we don't know so much about them. You're going to make very, very different tactical execution choices depending on what your goal is. Um, that would be the first piece that I would say. But you know, once you actually sort of get into the the nuts and bolts of implementing ABM, um, you know, like, like I said before, the, there isn't sort of this this magical new tactic set that is suddenly going to be unveiled to you. Um, you know, people people are using the similar tactics, but it's a way that it's put together. It's a strategy that's sitting behind it which is the important part, which is why people are seeing these good results from ABM. Yeah, yeah, and I'll just add that, um, you know, there there are some things that are different about ABM. Certainly the infrastructure Mm. is different, the kinds of goals that you set. Mm. But at the end of the day, account-based marketing is largely about uh, some core B2B, just doing B2B marketing really well. So it's Again, setting goals. It's identifying your target audience. It's understanding the buyer's journey, right? It's figuring out what content and delivery mechanisms are going to kind of resonate for that audience, right? And then it's just setting up kind of an execution plan with owners and timelines. So, you know, is that account-based marketing? Maybe, you know, really that's just good kind of B2B marketing. And then there are these specific tactics and technologies and ways of approaching things and alignment mechanisms that kind of layer up on top of that. But underneath the covers, it's really about those those core marketing principles around just know who you're going after and make sure you got a plan to go after that target audience with with content that's going to resonate, right? Easy as that. (laughs) Well, that's some great pointers on how to be a high-performance ABM company. Uh, Nikki and Elisa, I'd like to thank you very much for sharing them with us. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone, please look out for the next podcast in this series.